Hey everybody, it is Audacity at its finest with Joanna Perry, and I'm here with a very special guest. He is one of my biggest competitors in the market. I don't have any competitors. Yeah, and well, you know, yeah, how you look at it. he has been in business for, I don't want to date you, but over 30 years, been licensed. 42 since, years licensed. Since 19. You're not even 42. I'm 38, so I was not even as... Those, I gotta get those thoughts out of my head, so I know. <laughs> Um, and you've been the broker owner of Paradise Financial for decades. 1992. Um, yeah, you still, you still keep it active, but recently yeah. you, you've transitioned over to um, doing brokering over through AHL, which is also in Placer County, which yeah. is a great group of guys. In fact, I've worked with many of them and been co-workers in the past when yeah. I was in retail. I trained a lot of people over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Ryan has always been uh, kind of an open door policy for other loan officers, at least the good ones who aren't full shit. And he's always let me call him, he's the FHA king. So with respect to getting FHA done, anything weird outside of the box where you're dancing on those guidelines, uh, Ryan is the guy to call. And he's the guy that I have in fact called um, who yeah. has helped me. So yeah, it's pay it forward in the group. The real professionals, we work together. I mean, we may be competitors, and then we'll have a beer after I laugh. You know, it's like playing mm -hmm. a sport, playing mm -hmm. a sport. Um, what the industry doesn't need and still doesn't need, we've gone through this, are the, the fraud fraudsters and people that have really dragged down our industry uh, yeah. over the years. We've had up and downs um, mm -hmm. just because we don't have a good lobbyist to yeah. tell But us. just to give my audience some perspective, you know, I've helped thousands of families, but... I mean, you were at one year doing a volume of, you know, $5 billion in a year. Well, that was the company, but I was doing, mm -hmm. I've done as much as uh, $300 million in, and, and this is back in the 90s, so. Yeah, $300 million is, like, at any level. extraordinary. That's why I look so old. I mean, I'm only, <laughs> I'm only really 29. Yeah, this this, this, this this line here was 1992. <laughs> this one was 96. This on the forehead. So I, I laugh about it. Yeah, I, I was a workaholic and uh, basically had no social life at one point and realized that mm -hmm. as much as I love helping people and winning, um, I had to find a life for myself. Yeah, so balance is key. Finally settled down, had got kids and stuff. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know about you, but my highs when I help people. Yeah. I, you know, it, it never was about making, I mean, we, we're fortunate, we're blessed, we make a good living in this business, but we work our tails off for it. But it was never, I, I see loan officers who get in because they think it's easy money. And those are the people you want to shy away from. If, if you really take care of your customers in any industry, I don't care what it is, the money follows. And But just to be the only driven motivation to, to do a career for money mm -hmm. is not going to make you a good person. A hundred percent. And it's also for the newer loan officers, like you kind of need a mentor, someone who's willing to help share with them because... Just reading guidelines, manuals, it can't prepare you for, you know, properly protecting or qualifying your customer. I, I was fortunate early in my career, this is back in the 80s, um, I came out of the savings loan industry, which doesn't exist now. They imploded. Um, but I had some great mentors, you know. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, I hated some of them because they were so tough on me. Mm -hmm. You know, instilling uh, ethics and how to do things the right way. Uh, I give them all a hug now. Unfortunately, they've all passed because they were, they were the 60-year-old guy like me. Um, when I was the, you know, the 22-year-old kid coming in the business, uh, for some reason, they took me under the wing. And, you know, I, I, I was fortunate. I was trained properly. I think that's the key to Tell any... Tell me the truth. After you went out on your own and became a badass, did they continue to stay in contact with you? Um, a few did. A few came and worked for me. Um, 
Most of them started retiring. This was the early 90s. I opened Paradise in 92. Um, I was working for a company called San Francisco Federal. It was, a, it was bought up by another bank. And the CEO had become friends with me because, you know, they had the President's Club, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, you get the so fancy, fancy dinners and stuff. And, dinners for producers. Yeah. For the, basically, it's a, a retention and nurture for the loan officers so that they yeah. stay. I think most sale, in, most sale events do. But the CEO pulled me aside and said they were selling. He got $30 million. The guy's name was Roger Gordon. He passed away a few years ago. I stayed in touch with him. He started there at 16, pushing a broom into the CEO and the golden umbrella parachute, $30 million, you know, four decades later. Um, he told me to go on my own. He said, you know, you shouldn't be in a, a structured sales environment. You're, mm-hmm. you, you, you're marketing everything to, to get out there and reach out to the community. So, and, and you know, when you work for banks you know, today, they're always in trouble for uh, errors in the community uh, with, you know, Hispanic, black community, minorities, areas they don't lend in. Um, whereas in the broker world, we don't have any built-in business. So we got to really go out and, and, and get out grassroots, especially new mm-hmm. in your career and meet people and, you know, get the message out that we're there to help. Yeah, we're not leveraging a brand that was already built. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I, I don't sell loans. I, I sell service. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing I tell people is, you know, if you're here, you think you sell money or you think you sell real estate or whatever, you're going to have a short-lived or a very uh, ineffective career. We all sell service. I mean, I think you'd probably agree with me. It's, it's a service aspect, you know. Yeah, 100%. Helping agree. people, educating the, the public. Um, and you can't provide good service if you don't know your guidelines and you don't. If you don't know what you're doing, yeah, you're, 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 a ma- you're a hot mess. You should be able to, yeah, you should be able to read a settlement statement at first glance and know if there's an error or not without even comparing yeah. against the loan. I mean... We get intimate with these deals, you know. Well, you know, and I'm 100%. I'm doing a third generation loan right now. The first time I did a loan for uh, their gr- for their uh, grand grandparents, grandmother uh, was for uh, his mom. It was her father. It was 1984, 1983, mm-hmm. and then uh, when she got older in the nine, late 90s, early 2000s, I did a home loan for her. Now she's got a 25 year old son. He's a uh, uh, iron worker down in the Bay Area. And I'm doing a home loan for him right now. He's buying in uh, Antioch. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the best. That's the third or fourth family in the last couple of years I've done a third generation loan for. So it just makes me old, Speaking I guess. Of third generation <laughs> loans, uh, the business that I, I have a segment of my business that I prefer to refer out because I'm not an expert in it, and that's reverse mortgages, right? So if there was somebody who was 62 or older and I had an opportunity where reverse mortgage was going to be a best fit, I am trained enough to at least acknowledge and, and discover that. However, I would choose to refer that deal over to Brian. And, 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 and one that. idea here, it's 62, but they have some uh, hybrid products now at 55. Um, it, it can lower the house payment of a 55-year-old more than half, and then it converts in when they turn 62 into a reverse mortgage. So there's a lot of people out there who have a ton of equity at 55, but they don't qualify for a reverse yet because of age. Um, it's case by case. I've done a handful of those. The product came out last summer. Um, so even at 55, 58 years old, if you've got a lot of equity, um, I see this in uh, older neighborhoods. I see it in the Bay Area a lot happening. Okay, someone's been so there. what is, because I know it has a bad name, and we're the first one to call out. Well, the early, the, early, the early ones, I did them in the early 90s. Um, but it's a good, it's a good it, was a, it turned out to be a lousy product. Mm-hmm. It really was. But we didn't know at the time. I mean, I felt really guilty. We, we did some... Got people out of some of those loans back in probably mid-95, 96, when we realized that they weren't working like they were promised. Okay. So I stopped doing them for a number of years, got back in the 2000s doing them, 
In 2007 and eight, with home values dropping, um, it, they became very difficult to do. So FHA, which is you know uh, Federal Housing Administration, the FHA now is the, who insures and does these loans. They're almost all uh, that 55 age one isn't. It's a, uh, a bank that's financing them because they, they want the the takeout loan. The, turn when they turn 62. Oh, so they have a portfolio? So they've got a portfolio from 55 to 62, and then they get, they on their books, they get to keep the uh, the reverse mortgage, and, uh, you know, but they'll let us bring it back through to represent the, That's represent nifty, the people. but traditionally, you're right. 62. FHA product, 62 years FHA old. FHA is a great product. Um, well, I bought my first two homes on FHA, so I put my money where my mouth is. I won't sell a product to you as a consumer. I know you, you and I have talked about this. We won't put you in a loan that we ourselves wouldn't take, and we're pretty knowledgeable. So I'm a big advocate of FHA uh, for that reason. Um, I bought them, and they got me in when I was a young guy, and uh, you know my credit was okay, and my job, you know, wasn't ten years on the job type of thing, and, and it gave me an opportunity to, to buy a home. Funny thing is, my first FHA loan was sixteen and a half percent. Shit, that was probably with points too. Four points. <laughs> I got the seller to pay it though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, you know, people talk today about rates. I made money on the house. In, in two years, I sold, it, I, I sold it for 25% more than I paid for it. We had inflationary times like we've been having. So it's all relative. Yeah, it's a mistake to watch the market with respect to the roof over your head anyways. We're not talking about multiple investment properties. When the roof over your head, you need to buy a house. I yeah. Mean, like, if you can afford it, buy it. This I, is California. Like, that's how I was able to open my own company back you need to 30 years ago. Your, uh, protect your housing expense from continuing to increase. Well, rents are going up. I'm seeing that across the board yeah. right now. I, I was thinking about renting a home down in Arizona because my kids are down there and uh, don't want to buy down there. You know, it's, just, it's a temporary thing for a mm -hmm. few years. I looked at the rents and now I'm thinking I might just buy something because even if they don't go up with well, the tax benefits yeah. and, and it's my house, I could paint the wall green screen if I want. Yeah, and moving is expensive. I mean, yeah. You know, we work hard for our items. It's, it costs a lot of money to move them, and it's like it's disruptive. We we still have kids that are in school. You know? Yeah, I've got two and in high school, one in college. Have you ever tried to disrupt a child from their high school? Okay. Well, we did that, and uh, she went to Arizona with her mom, and she's coming back next year to finish up the last two years of high school. Oh, congratulations! She wants to be in Grant. She, she misses her friends in Granite Bay, so you she know. misses her dad. Too. Yeah, she tells me she calls me all the time, so. I try to be the best dad I can. Luckily, that you know, I got divorced uh, a number of years ago, but my ex and I, she's a great mom, and yeah. you know we get along good, and it's all about the kids for us. Yeah, so. she's a cool chick. I've met her before. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that you were mentioning with respect to loan officers and how you've been able to remain sustainable and um, in a place of abundance over the years was you had said that not to be too flashy, right? Wasn't your advice for others? Yeah, you know, when when I was a, a new loan officer, the old joke was uh, when you're a new salesperson and you're broke, you buy a nice suit and you park your, your $500 car around the corner. Um, <laughs> after I started becoming more successful, I kept driving that $500 car or the used Honda, you know, with 80,000 miles. And it wasn't until years into my career before I, a little more flashy, there was no social media, so... You know, if I had an old vintage Corvette I restored, I kept it in the garage. I didn't take it to clients' houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, some people take offense to that. You know, they don't they don't know you uh, initially. They don't know how hard you work or what you've, you know, gone through to get to that position of success. Mm -hmm. um, most people, we have a generation right now, I think that, I see it with my own daughters, that they want instant gratification and they think everything's owed to them. Everybody wins. And oh, their, their mom and I have really worked hard to try to keep them grounded because that's not, the, not my world. 
everything I have I've worked for, I know you and I have talked about that, um, makes us appreciate what we have. And, you know, we try to give solid advice to other people. You know, I work with a lot of first-time buyers like you, and uh, they try to educate them. They don't want to hear the truth, but they're going to get it from me. 100%. 100% transparent, direct, honest. Some people don't like that, but then that's not my problem because I'm, I'm, I'm just, I tell it like it is, good or bad. But I learned to do it with uh, humor and empathy. Yeah, yeah. And so that really polished out those rough edges, right? Yeah. I used to be like a boulder, and now I'm like a nice polished. Well, you're like me. I, I'm at the point in my career where if I don't do your loan, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to keep it real. And, you know, if you want to use me or you want to buy a house, I'm here to help. If you don't, next, next. Like, I just, I tell. I'm not for you, and it's not going to work out, call this guy. It's like, but call someone reputable who does a good job and tells the truth, please, because I'm tired of cleaning. There's a lot of people method. I've been looking around. There's a lot of questionable loan officers and even companies <laughs> still, which surprises me in current economy. Mm -hmm. Um I'm, I'm pretty blessed because my I, all I deal with are old customer referrals. That's you know you got to work hard to have that. I'm only as good as my last transaction, mm -hmm. like in any sales. And yeah, I've been doing this 17 years, and this is my first stab at social media, right? Because it's, yeah. it's all about relationships and we're the brick and mortar type. Yeah, we're not uh, we, online. We're old school. <laughs> like yeah, so God bless the man who's helping me with social media because I don't even know how to log into my own Instagram. I, I was doing videos. 12 years ago, uh, yeah. started with, with uh, headshots for, uh, I got tired of meeting realtors and look at their card and it wasn't that person. And then I, I saw other industries and then I got involved with uh, some charitable stuff uh, w with battered women and stuff, going back to work and updating photos and stuff. So I started doing that and uh, actually had a, a warehouse for a number of years that we had the studio and we started doing videos or, or probably around 2010. Now, if you look at social media, you got everybody and their brother uh, yeah. advertising that way. I was probably one of the first out there uh, invested probably a hundred thousand dollars in that whole endeavor, um, and it did pay dividends. It was a lot. The, the biggest problem was a lot of work. It's not just videoing it, or it was the editing part. Well, and, the, and there's a big expense to that. There's one thing that you do that you're notorious for that's so relational, but it's also so helpful. We all, as a community and industry, thank you for updating those real estate agents' headshots. Yeah. <laughs> And the funny thing is I have one that's about 10 years old for myself. So guess what I've got to go do? i got to go get my someone to do my own headshot okay, now. Okay, good. Because don't leave the door open. Okay, we will clown that. <laughs> okay, hard. Okay. Me of all people, I got the 10-year-old headshot. If you're I had more, I had still, more. I had more hair back then. It wasn't as gray. And, yeah. If you are wearing a scrunchie, if you're... <laughs> Bangs are taller than one inch. You need to update your photo. What was the Brian one? Will do it. There was a place in the mall that used to do glamour, glamour, glamour shots. Shot. Yeah, I saw a picture the other day on Facebook. It was a lady in the Midwest who's a friend on my Facebook. And I swear the picture was 1989 at the shopping mall. Because I know what she looks like today. I, I met her at a convention. Awesome. And I'm like, I hope it's posted there for a joke. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and speaking of the economy, you were saying, so in this economy, one of the things that uh, my clients want to know and myself is, let's say you came into just like a lump sum of money, like cash, right? Oh, wow, to let's, be so lucky. Let's, yeah, you, <laughs> right. you get a bag of cash legally and compliantly, of course. And let's say it's like 500000 or some, some sort of nice stack of cash. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot what lately. What the hell do we do with it? Well... Putting money in the bank at 1% doesn't do a lot for me. Um, it'd probably be a bad investment to go buy a new Ferrari, so they, they do depreciate. Um, 
I had this conversation recently with a client down in Vacaville uh, here in California, and he asked me, he's got some money that he, that he came into. Okay. And he said, I need a better return on investment. I said, well, how long do you plan on this return? He said, I'm going to, whatever I do, it's a long, long term. You know, some people have the idea you buy real estate and flip it in a year and make money. That happens about once every 15, 20 years. Real estate typically is a long-term investment. So I said, well, why don't you go out and buy two half million dollar homes, you know, smaller homes, nice neighborhood, um, and where he is, they're available. You know, most parts of the country they are still. Some of the higher end areas, no barrier now. And I said, the rents are really up. I said, buy them and put half down. They'll cash flow right out the gate. You'll have, you know, you'll have a few thousand dollar a month income. He says, what are the values of dropping the house? I said, well, if they drop, they're not going to drop that much. This is a different scenario that we had 2000, 2000, 2007 and eight. I said, I, I, I think that you're not going to see a big drop in rents because, you know, human nature is landlords are greedy. Um, I've been a <laughs> landlord for years. I'm not going to drop my rents if I don't have to. Hey, I was just looking at a building and I was planning on increasing the rent and intentionally buying an estate in which that's allowed. And I, yeah. hey, free enterprise. Right. So I said, you know, and I don't know about most people, my goal is to die with a zero net worth. I think my kids are going to hate me for it. Um, all I care about is cash flow. So I invest in things personally that give me cash flow. I, you know, I can have a million dollar equity in something and be dead broke. And I've been in that position before, overextending myself years ago. Um, where, so I look at cash flow. If I want to sit on a beach and go on vacation, take my kids to Disney World or something, I need cash flow beyond just going to work or if I've got social security, whatever it is. Um, that's one of the things I actually like about the reverse mortgage, just not to go off topic, is that someone's got a home paid for. I've got a, a lady in San Jose that she's getting $8,000 a month for life. She was 78 years old. Well, you actually answered the question. You would take that money and invest I, it. I would invest it in some real estate. Yeah. I, I, we actually I wouldn't pay cash for one building. I would leverage a little bit. No, I wouldn't go crazy and buy two oh, properties. Yeah, me too. You don't yeah. want to just pay 100% I mean, rates are still but good enough to leverage. I, I was yeah. buying rental properties at 12% Maybe in the cash flow. 70%, 60%, something like that. Yeah, even 50%, you yeah. know, half, half down, it, it makes our job easy, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, cash flow is big time for you. Um, if market cracks, it goes up and down, you're never going to be underwater in the property. You can always get out of it. Yeah. And you've got a monthly cash flow, which... Uh, maybe it's because my... I'm, I'm going to be 62 next month, so maybe my idea is I'm looking at cash flow so I don't have to work as hard. Well, even if you don't have verifiable income, this is possible because yeah. we're just qualifying you based on the rate you're receiving. Yeah, you don't even need to qualify. Yeah. They didn't have that years ago. It was a nightmare getting uh, home loans for, no, yeah, for rental I properties. Know. I started in 2006. Right? They wanted everything in blood sample. Yeah. Uh, today, if, you, if you're putting enough money down, 25 30% down, and your credit's decent, not even good, the cash flow, you can buy a property, put the money down, and you're not income qualifying. But you I know. guarantee you there's a lot of hot years out there because we didn't just finish our talk book about reverse mortgage. And I don't think that my client, I don't think that people understand. Where you can, you can buy a house with a reverse mortgage. Yeah, reverse purchase is true. But let's just talk about a lady that's been in her house for, you know, a bunch of years, 20 years, and she's got, you know, a loan amount. Well, I had, I had a lady who's a million-something value in the Bay Area, which is pretty typical. It was nothing special. So how, it was worth over, it was a little, a little more than a million. She was seventy-eight years old. No, it just gotten paid off. Her 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 husband had passed away a couple of years ago. She paid it off, and what she had is a big chunk of equity in this home. But she was struggling with Social Security and her just her retirement yeah, from what she had. Yeah, million dollars tied up and that's not liquid. It can be. A and she didn't want to sell the house. She wanted to die in the house. And I can't remember the exact monthly figure for that particular one. They do a lot of reverse mortgages, but she ended up with an income that she was able to breathe again. Mm -hmm. Go on vacation uh, with her daughter. They went on a cruise for two weeks um, without touching what money she had in the bank because she was pulling money every month out. And 
you know, she said, if I live to be 90 years old, I got a problem. Mm -hmm. And her daughter, who's in her 40s, is local, um, is the one who brought it to me and said, you know, what can we do to help my mom? Mm -hmm. So, you know, besides finding a new husband who's rich, um, you know, that's my joke, uh, was the reverse mortgage. Because if she had pulled money out, let's say we cashed out 500000 she's paying interest on that money and she's having to make payments. So that, that was really negatively affecting her cash flow. Mm -hmm. Having a reverse mortgage and just uh, Having doing it pay you a, a, a month, yeah, allowance. yeah. And they're set parameters, and they're not right? for everybody, but not for everybody. Mm -hmm. But in this situation, it made complete financial sense. She could stay in the house till she died. What about the kids? Were they just going to refinance it if she passed? Well, when you when and on reverse mortgage, and I'll make I'm going to pull numbers out of that out of the air. Uh, a home is worth a million dollars, and uh, your parents both pass away, or your, your mom dies, and the home is worth seven hundred thousand. When she passes away, or goes into a care facility after twelve months, you have to either sell it or pay off the note. If the house is upside down, let's say mom died, and the home's okay. worth the home's only worth a million dollars, but mom owes a million three on it now because she had a reverse mortgage so for thirty years. Now. She's underwater down the markets the wrong time. Um, the heirs could just hand it back to the bank, and it's the bank's problem. So in 2008, 2009, I had a few loans that we had done prior, and they just handed back to the bank. They were upside down, three, four hundred thousand dollars down the Bay Area in Antioch, and so they just handed back to the bank and never. And today, it's probably just caught up the value twelve years later. But more than likely, given the caps and given the kind of loan to value and stuff like that, more than likely, wouldn't the uh, family just sell it and keep the profit? Yeah, oh, most of the time, or yeah. It yeah, that, those were rare markets that the values tanked 50, more than 50% in the neighborhood. Yeah. That was a one-time instance in, in recent, you know, the last 100 years history. Mm -hmm. But there's still an out for them. They weren't responsible for Is the that negative. Is because of the guarantee from the FHA? That yeah, so the FHA took so the loss. that's part of having a federal, hey, mortgage insurance premium was good for something? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's who insures, insures them still today. <laughs> for, a lot, for It protects the family if, if for some reason... Um, the parent or whoever outlives uh, and the house drops in value because of a, mar you know, a strange yeah. market, the family's not liable for it. It keeps paying that monthly allowance even when it hits 100% LTV? Pays it for their entire life. That's insane. So it could go underwater an unlimited amount. She's still getting the money? Yeah. What in the shizzle sticks is happening? Yeah. That's why I said it's not for everybody. Um, it depends <laughs> on their age and equity in a home. But for those that fit the box, I've yet to not have one take it. If that makes sense. So, I mean, if I bought a few investment properties and left that as an income generator for my daughter and did all that good, I could do a reverse mortgage on my primary and just have it pay myself. And in my elder years, just be glad that I didn't that I didn't refinance a bunch of And the biggest thing is, most times, nine times out of ten, they don't have to move out of a house they've been in for 20 or 30 years. They That's raise their kids. and feel a shit ton more secure about my future because I'm paying equity into my home. Yeah. And then, you, and then you'll get it back and... Yeah. You'll, you'll and when it let's say you, you stayed long enough to pay it off, and now you're retirement age, you're retired. Whatever reason, now you could be getting two, three, five thousand dollars a month. Good, because I'm planning to be. I'm planning to be fine as hell when I'm sixty-two. Okay, and well, I wanna, I'm gonna be sixty-two, so. <laughs> and I want to be having that cash flow. Yeah. You know, I'll still do your loans though. I I would tell my underwriters I'm gonna be flipping loans until I'm like. Well, you're just a baby. Until I go. I'm probably going to yeah. be flipping those loans because I really enjoy it so much. So. Yeah. Uh, Talking about equity, though, you told me it's bad for people to use their home as an ATM. And what's going on right now with home equity? Well, home equity loans are the new hot thing. They're pushing them in our market. Uh, investors are pushing us to do them. I'm not personally doing them. Um, I, the ones that I've 
been getting in the door that makes sense. They have a real need. I'm having them go to a, a local credit union bank to, you know, wherever they, they do their banking. Um, well, wait, so instead of writing the product that you have, which you know is more expensive. Yeah, if I do them, they're more, they're, more, they're more expensive. I send them to the cheapest source. sending them their buy in which nurturing, keeping the relationship. Correct. Oh, what a philosophy. Yeah, what a philosophy. You mean what you don't do is try to talk them into a cash out refinance to double their current interest rate and scare them to death about no. the variable HELOC No, rate? I don't need, I'm fortunate and blessed, I don't need the business that bad that I have to cheat somebody. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm used to predatory lenders. Ah, uh, yeah, there's a movie out there called Predatory Lender. I, I got to oh. act in once. It's a B movie. Wow. You, don't want, you don't want to see it. It's a waste of time. But <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. I don't know. It might be fun to recreate it. Uh, yeah, I, I would have to recreate it properly. But, so yeah. the home equity lines, what you're saying is that if they They're not for everybody. And this is where people ran into trouble in 08, 09. A lot of clients call and tell me, you know, I got that house and I... It, I bought it for three and I only owe two and it was worth 500. So I, I put a home equity line for a quarter million dollars and now the house is worth 300 again and I'm upside down. What do I do? Um, I don't know. You're screwed. Um, they used the home equity lines. I saw people buying Harleys, buying boats, uh, buying things that were depreciating assets. Leveraging, you're, you're literally leveraging these toys on the roof that's over your, your wife and children. Yeah, a lot of people lo lost okay. them because that. A lot of people lost their homes. Not because the first mortgages that were done, but because the home equity lines back in the day. Um, I was doing third home equity lines as debt consolidation loans. Yeah. Um, you know, this goes back to living above your means. Especially when you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. And I've seen this time and it's time the again. It's Kardashian phenomenon. It's a whole generation. And we talked about a generation of people who, when I grew up, or my parents or my grandparents grew up. And, you know, I'm, I'm older. But I was up to the age of about 45. The last thing a family ever did is lose their house. When a husband and wife, a man had kids, a wife, whatever, they would take the bus to work before they lose their house. That, that was a generational thing as far back as I, I remember my family. Um, the, ultimate, the ultimate American dream was buy the, buy the home. They have a place for their family, try to get it paid off, you know, which goes back to even the reverse mortgage saying it takes care of you in your, in your retirement, in your golden years. Um, when 07, 08 came along, they were giving people a fog and mirror sign right here. and People kept using their homes either... The re cash out refinances, and you have states like Texas who, who limit that be right. because of that. Because um, I'm, I'm licensed there. Uh, we, we, as an industry, kept pushing, not me personally, but I, I saw people pushing, pushing, pushing to buy things I knew they couldn't afford. And then people, the values were going up for a while, like we've had the last three or four years, homes almost doubled. And people were using their homes as ATM machines. They were... Uh, they weren't even doing cash out refinances for the most part. They were actually were going and getting these, you know, fog of mirror uh, home equity lines. And today the home equity lines aren't that hard to get. Compa yeah. They should be a lot harder in my opinion because especially if they're doing higher loan to values. I did, I did just open a home equity line in July or close in August. And the reason why I did that is for investment purposes. I'm taking that but that's different than going to buy a Harley Davidson. Oh, it's or really different. This is a leverage strategy plan that we can talk about. It's a whole other podcast. I, I know one lady, she had a complete makeover. Yeah, you know, and and, and but I, what I can tell you is they didn't even come out and do an appraisal, and I closed in fifty-one days. It kind was, of scary, a little I, bit. I make a commission which varies, and I didn't even have to produce a letter of explanation explaining, you know, any of those things. So yeah. I feel like it was a really easy process as well. But but that's but you're using the money for a good purpose. Oh yeah, you're I, using yeah. it for future investments. I, I don't consider 
you know, some people usually put a pool in a landscape. Okay, you got family and but kids. But contrast, like, the reason why you might want to do it versus a reason that maybe is going to be trivial and not worth it. I just, you know, that's your family's uh, legacy money. And I used to think taking out 40000 and putting in a pool is totally reasonable. But nowadays, they're $100,000. and Yeah, it's, it's almost cheaper. It. It's almost cheaper to sell your house and buy a home with a pool already. Well, hell, I signed up for Lifetime Fitness just to use their pool and their bar. Yeah. Yeah. Bar. I mean, it was to get obviously cardiovascular health and in my best body. This is a lot of good workouts. The nine ounce bar. Well, I like to. I hold it above the water and I, I stretch go. in the pool. So yeah, there you go. Good. We can justify anything. Oh yes, that's fine. Um, so just if you if you do home equity lines, just be careful. Mm -hmm. You know, think about what you're doing. You're using it to buy a toy. I'm not a big fan of that. You use it like in your case for investment or if you're self-employed and you want to, you know, if you had three bad months, you don't want to get in financial problems. You want to keep it as a reserve. Medical debt, emergency, emergency. Surgery, emergency an emergency fund. Yeah. But where I saw people get in trouble is all of a sudden they've got the new Escalade. This goes back in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. The new Escalade. Husband's got his new Harley Davidson spent $25,000 on. And, you know, you saw them spending money that they weren't making. So they were living above their means, and they were using their home, their home's equity, their future of that home, uh, as ATMs. Remember, you got to pay it back. And we're paid to sell you money. So if we tell you no, don't take this money. Don't take it personal. We're trying to act we're in your best interest. To help you, and yes, the the guy down the street more than likely will write it because per the parameters you qualify. But we're going to tell you whether you can afford it or not, and it's up to you to, to listen. You don't. It's up to you, but I'm there are I'm brutally people. honest. Yeah, I won't get behind. You know, and uh, yeah. it's better to just. Give us full disclosure of what your goal is, what you're trying to do, so we can help you craft it in a way that's going to be helpful to right. your overall life, right? Yeah, and the the danger right now in our industry is there's a lot of new loan officers who jumped in the last three or four years with things were easy pickings. They were making, you know, these guys are making forty, fifty thousand dollars a month, guys, seriously, and they're 25 years old, and now it got shut off. You know, they've got to actually work for the money. Um, those seem to be the people who are more desperate and will put you in a bad loan or put you in a bad financial position, not caring about your financial future. Yeah. They, they don't they don't see themselves in the business in 10 years, so they don't care about future referral business. Uh -huh. um, like I said, I'm on third generation in families' loans. Yeah. That's the best compliment I could ever have, it, that the grandparents have, you know, and then the kids and now their kids. Touché. And I'm old. I bet I'm old. So. But, you know, that's... Like I said, I have one right now, and that was the best compliment I could get. It completely made my week when I got that call, mm -hmm. because when she said, when he said his name and last name, I knew who it was. Are you related? Yeah, that's my grandfather. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, my family always talks about you. Hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, and it's always nice. I'm going to a client's housewarming party. She just invited me to it. So stuff like yeah. that is like really rewarding because I mean now they want us in their home and you know, yeah. celebrating that. So we know we did a good job, right? Yeah. Yeah. And but, I mean, more than anything, uh, I just feel comfortable referring clients to Brian because he works in a way that's similar to me. Other state clients and stuff I can't do? This is my referral source, 100%. I don't give them to anybody else but you. And this has been going on for a while. And I don't get anything from it. I don't want anything from it. I mean, I just, yeah, here you go. And, I mean, I, Take care of what do I tell you? What do I tell you? We could get paid. Yeah. But I, my only big concern is what? Just take care of the customer. Because they're usually old customer referrals and they're... Unfortunately, reloaded Katie out of California. And flipped referrals off like a Nevada loan that you had. I think you're licensed in Nevada now, aren't you? 
um, process. process. I have Arizona, Texas license, but um, yeah. But even when you referred me a client in Nevada and they did a good job, so that client referred me another Nevada client, like you still let me build that wealth for my family and reinvest it in mm -hmm. my business. And so like it's a pleasure to serve in the same industry. Well, we, we, we're peers, we're not competitors. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, this industry at one point became so dog eat dog. It wasn't. It actually wasn't fun. But at that point in my career, I, I really couldn't do anything else successfully. You know, to the degree I can now yeah. with what we do. And I'd rather um, go ahead and call out loan officers who aren't any good. But one of the reasons why I wanted to feature you on the show, besides all your knowledge and information, is because I want to show my audience that I do play with uh, my competitors who are worthy, and I play with them in a way where it's win win for both. Yeah. You know, I do my turtle alerts and I call out, you know, negative practices in the industry, but I'm also friends and colleagues with my competitors yeah. who are working. Well, I don't even view it as competitors. We're, uh, it keeps all of us honest. If, if, if you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a honesty, you are one of the only banks that publishes their interest rates for the day online yes. for everybody and, and you know not everybody qualifies for that they read the little disclaimer but if someone qualifies i offer it up and it's a heavily discounted product to us um some people will call it a loss leader in marketing i call it a uh, it opens doors for future business not only from that customer but from their referral base um us as brokers, all of us, you know, we can be very competitive. Well, iron sharpens iron, brother, and it keeps me competitive when I see those rates because you, you are a low-price leader in the industry. Yeah, and I don't want to be, but um, people who are deserving of a great rate, I try to give them the best rate. Um, all right, and maybe people understand, we're, one of the few, we're probably one of the worst industries for regulation up there with medical and pharmace pharmaceutical in that they tell us how much we can make. In the old days, if you were a... Uh, with the wrong lender, they could, I hate to use the term, but they could rape you and you wouldn't know as a consumer. And a lot of that practice went on until about 2008, 2009, and then we had the Dodd-Frank Act in, what was it, 2010 it was enacted? I re yeah, I remember mortgage reform in 2014 with Tila Respa is what I remember. Yeah, 2010. So we're cap, we're, we're not only cap, the, the government tells us what we can make, which is, I, I can't imagine the government telling a car dealer how much they can make or anything else. They did leave a provision open where if if the investor of Wall Street doesn't pay us and we charge you as a consumer, which is completely disclosed to you, um, then we can make less money. And that's the rate I advertise, which is, you know, anybody could do it. Most companies, their policies won't do it. I've always left that option open. You know, I'm not going to do that for a customer with a 580 credit score. I just spent six months cleaning their credit up and stuff. Right, Time's money. I mean, maybe like ninety-eight percent of loan officers who are licensed and practicing in this area don't have the authority, or no, they, they, they can't, they can't, they can't, they can't do. Well, you and I are, are, are managers, owners of our own companies, yeah, so it leaves the door a little more flexible for us. Yeah, but a lot of people don't understand that, right? So you know, I call it the unfair advantage. You know. I call it the experience advantage. Yeah, I, it's unfair to my competitors. It's a great benefit for the consumer. Um, yeah. You know, it's discounted, but the services are discounted. The results aren't discounted. It's, you know, everybody's tier one to me, no matter how where is, they land. How has the decline in mortgage applications nationally, how has that impacted you personally? Not much. Um, it's really strange. For the first couple of months that rates went up, I did slow down like everybody. We talked about it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a few months ago, it went boom again. And I'm on track for pretty close 90% tile of last year's production. 
The difference is last year we got a lot of refinances thrown to us, you know, which is great for the consumer. Right now, almost everything I have is a purchase. Um, and the rates are, you know, six, seven percent range, whatever they are, they, they change daily. It's a crazy market. Yeah. Um, I've seen them higher, you know, depending on the, on the consumer. But the my, are my, my, yeah, they're buying down. And my client base, um, because of my age, I'll call it, all the clients I have right now going are 50 years or older who are buying homes. And I, I you know, initially when this started, this, I'll call it phenomenal, started a few months ago, I'd say, well, the rates are this, and I was kind of apologetic. And they're like, that's fine. So I finally one day asked the guy, I said, you're okay with a you know this seven and eighth rate for this house that you're buying? He goes, hell, I bought homes at 15, 16%, and I made money on those. He goes, seven, six, seven, eight percent still seems cheap to me. So it was a relative thing that we've got a whole generation who's only seen two and three percent rates, and they think that's how it's always going to be. Uh, the joke I made the last couple of years is uh, they were ordering a happy hour menu. Well, now we're back to the regular menu pricing. Yeah. This is, you know, the happy hour pricing for mortgages has gone away. Um, and it was false, false. It wasn't the true market rate that we were seeing. It was heavily subsidized by, oh, by, the, the by our government. Our, our government yeah. spent trillions of dollars. To the the deficit and inflation yeah. and everything else. So where we're seeing right now the rates are is where they should have probably been all along. But the government and political parties mm-hmm. really kind of bought them down for the consumer. So at least I guess some people got the great advantage of the lower rates. But, you know, now you've got people, you know, every year we graduate kids from college who didn't want to buy. They don't want to live with their parents until they're 40 years old like they do in less of Europe. And they've been reading about, you know, what the rates have been all through school and everything else in the papers, on the news. Yeah, they're actually offended, you know, when we quote. Yeah, they get kind of they upset. But the, but, but the other generations of home buyers don't have a problem. They understand. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't want to say sophisticated, but they're more experienced uh, with these rates. And, and, uh, but I, I will say that with the first-time homebuyers, because we're able to speak intelligently about why interest rates are the way they are and, and how the market is. It, it hurts some. It, they, the rates do hurt some buyers. They move into a phase of acceptance, though. And Which is what we're seeing now. Yeah, because we help them understand why. I think... If you don't understand how margins work and you don't understand hedging and some of the more important things that go into pricing and mitigating risk, um, then it might be hard to swallow that rate. Yeah. But when it's adequately explained and you have that information, you're right. able to adopt I, I've got the third, the third generation guy, he's 25 years old, and I quoted him the rate and his mom was on, on the call and she's like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had others go, that's ridiculous. You know, first time buyers. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to shop me. Um, okay, go ahead. I encourage shopping. You know, I can be as cheap as anybody, but if you're not a serious buyer, why are we talking? Yeah. You know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, the best time to buy a home was uh, now. We can't go backwards in time. And I guarantee you, in 10 years, with that place you're renting for three grand a month at 6000 a month, and the home's doubled in price, you're going to sure wish you bought today at yeah. today's rates because they're going to look good. And we have more products and programs than ever before right now. So yeah. buyers might as well apply and get in. You will be able to refinance once uh, interest rates return yes. to lower levels. Um, but, you know, by then, you never know what But the even if they don't, we're not going to put you in a house you can't afford. Exactly. So if I'll use 7% as a benchmark rate for the last couple of months in the industry, as an average, I think it was 6.85, paying point and a half to Fannie Mae recently. Um, you're not going to put, get in a home you can't afford. We won't let you. They're full documented loans for the most part. 
Um, our business will fail if we do that because then we won't. You won't be a move up buyer, and you won't be buying additional real estate. And you're sure not going to. You're sure not going to refer us customers. Yeah, we're a referral based business. Yeah, I don't have a a million dollar a day advertising budget like you know Rocket Mortgage or somebody. And if you look at you know, I get a lot of people shopping and they've gone online and looked, and then we pull up like you said the disclosures. We're a lot cheaper. It's just how you. They're, they're not disclosing it properly. Yeah, a lot of these online really companies. Have to investigate the EPR differences too, and yeah. not get stuck. On it's not just cutting. It's not just cut and dry. Not just cut and dry. Yeah, and at least you can walk in, look us in the eye, and if there's a problem, the yeah, we're local. We're gonna fix it for you. You know, we live in the community. Yeah, I got. I, I luckily I don't have to dodge anybody at Rayleigh's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm able to go out. I know? can go out to a restaurant and not dodge. Oh, that guy I ripped <laughs> off. Yeah. I've never seen you. Trench coat or a top hat or anything. Yeah. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, it never happens. Yeah. But I just want to thank you so much for supporting my business and um, no. coming in, talking and sharing it's, some uh, insight. It's, it's, the common goal is to take care of you, the public. And um, if we do a really great job, we feed our kids and keep a roof over our head. And we appreciate all of you. Um, you know, just work with the best realtor, the best lender you can find. That would be us. Um, but, but seriously, you got to really follow your gut with this. Um, not everybody in this industry is created equal like anything else. If you, got, if you work somewhere and you got a co-worker who you think is just a sloth and doesn't do his job, we have the same thing in our industry. So um, we're just, we, we want to do such a great job, all of us, in, in, I'll call it our little inner circle in our, yeah. in our community. Um, and we're all friends but competitors. Uh, we just want to do the best job we can for you. It's a win-win for our community. Uh, we want people to have roots and uh, care about, the, you know, most of the cities that people we work with love where they live. And uh, mm -hmm. Every day when I'm at home, in my home with my daughter, I have gratitude and I, you know, and I yeah. thank my higher power for giving me somewhere that I can afford and that I don't have to worry about and I can just keep plugging along at it, you know? A little different than where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. And, yeah, uh, the house you have has sidewalks, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so we don't much. have the helicopters not flying over every night. <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in. Um, this guy and I are going to try to stay out of trouble. And uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining us yeah, next time. Thank you.